On this day in church history, the Hampton Court Conference. How odd that most that the most famous Bible in history should bear the name of a hard-drinking, foul-mouthed, ego-driven homosexual who rejected all demands for reform within the church. James the sixth of Scotland, son of imprisoned Mary, Queen of Scots, was raised in drafty Scottish castles by self-serving lords. He grew up religious and well-trained in theology. He went to church every day, but he was rude, rough, loud, conceited, and bisexually immoral. He was also shrewd. At age 37, he managed to succeed his cousin, Elizabeth I, as England's monarch. As he traveled... From Scotland to London, he met a group of Puritans bearing a millenary petition signed by nearly 1,000 pastors. It demanded renewal within the church. The Puritans, stirred by the Geneva translation of the Bible and by Fox's popular Book of Martyrs, wanted to purify the church. The established clergy opposed Puritan demands, and the new king realized his kingdom was torn. He convened a conference for the church leaders at his Hampton Court estate on January 12, 1604, and the Puritans vigorously presented their concerns. James rejected their requests, sometimes thundering against them, white with rage. At the conclusion of the conference, he flung his arms toward the Puritans, shouting, I shall make them conform, or I will harry them out of this land, or do worse. Many of the dispirited Puritans, abandoning hope for the Anglican church, began worshiping in small groups as they felt the Bible taught them. They were tagged separatists, but from these persecuted cells came the Baptists in 1611, the pilgrims who fled to America in 1620, and other dissenting groups. But on one issue, the Hampton Court, the King of Puritans, had agreed when Puritan John Reynolds requested a new translation of the Bible. James promptly approved it, saying, I have never yet seen a Bible well translated, but I think the Geneva is the worst. Seven years later, the authorized version was unveiled, ironically making vice-prone King James one of the best recognized names in English church history. We see in the Proverbs, the Lord controls rulers just as he determines the course of rivers. We may think we are doing the right thing, but the Lord always knows what is in our hearts. Proverbs 21, 1 and 2. Good morning. Good morning. Today is the 12th day of January. It is Friday, currently 44 degrees and cloudy. Uh, we can have, we have uh, heavy rain expected here uh during the daytime hours with a high of 59, and there is a, a, a wind advisory, so it looks like uh, some possible severe weather um, this early afternoon. And uh, let's, uh, we do have some prayer requests. I want to mention uh, uh, Shirley Sun Stevens in the hospital up north, Ernest uh, needs mental clarity and employment, Oris is sick, Mrs. Lynn is sick, Jill is sick, and Jill's mom is in the hospital uh she was there last night she lost vision in one eye and so they're not they don't know if it's uh stroke or what's causing that so let's let's uh lift uh all these up in prayer heavenly father we do lift these requests up to you father we just ask for your healing hand uh lord with so many sick and this is just a few uh, miss lynn jill orist uh 
myself just getting over whatever it is. Hopefully it doesn't kick back up. It seems like it just, uh, these things kick back up. Uh, Ms. Shirley was expect was, uh, suffering that as well. And Lord, I know countless others. And so Lord, we do lift up, we just ask for your healing hand with that, this, uh, cold or whatever it is that's going around and, and, uh, that just won't seem to go away. Uh, and Lord, we do lift up Shirley's son up North, uh, lift up Ernest with the uh, job needs and mental clarity and of course Jill's mom uh, Lord we ask that you give the doctors wisdom and guidance Lord if that was some sort of uh, little mini stroke or whatever uh, Lord that they would be able to reverse it we know there is some medication to help with that but just give them wisdom on what exactly is going on with her uh, Lord so they would be able to treat it accordingly and Lord we do ask for your healing hand uh in that as well, Lord, if they don't know what to do, just heal her up, Lord, and we just lift her up to you. And Lord, we just ask that you be with us right now as we get into this lesson. Uh, and it's just amazing how you use uh, people in the past and today, Lord, in magnificent ways. And uh, and even King James there, and uh, in spite of him, uh, used him to to produce a great Bible tra- English translation, Lord, for us. And, and Lord, we just ask that you uh, fill us with your spirit right now as we get into this lesson from Oswald. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Have you ever been alone with God? Number one, I guess this is first part of the series. When they were alone, he explained all things to his disciples. Mark four thirty four. Our solitude with him. Jesus doesn't take us aside and explain things to us all the time. He explains things to us as we are able to understand them. He lived the lives of others, our examples for us, but God requires us to examine our own souls. It is slow work, so slow that it takes God all of time and eternity to make a man or woman conform to his purpose. We can only be used by God after we allow him to show us the deep, hidden areas of our own character. It is astounding how ignorant we are about ourselves. We don't even recognize the envy, laziness, or pride within us when we see it. But Jesus will reveal to us everything we have held within ourselves before his grace began to work. How many of us have learned to look inward, inwardly with courage? We have to get rid of the idea that we understand ourselves. That is always the last bit of pride to go. The only one who understands us is God. The greatest curse in our spiritual life is pride. If we have, if we have ever had a glimpse of what we are like in the sight of God, we will never say, oh, I'm so unworthy. We will understand that this goes without saying. But as long as there is any doubt that we are unworthy, God will continue to close us in until he gets us alone. Whenever there isn't any element of pride or conceit remaining, Jesus can't teach us anything. He will allow us to experience heartbreak or the disappointment we feel when our intellectual pride is wounded. He will reveal numerous misplaced affections or desires, things over which we never thought we would have to get he would have to get us alone. Things over which we never thought he would have to get us alone. Many things are shown to us, often without effect. But when God gets us alone over them, they will be clear. Wow. 
Wisdom from Oswald Chambers. Civilization is based on principles which imply that the passing moment is permanent. The only permanent thing is God. And if I put anything else as permanent, I become atheistic. I must build only on God. John 14, 6. And our reading for today is Matthew chapter 9, verses 1 through 17. And the title is A Paralytic Healed. And Jesus, getting into a boat, crossed over the Sea of Galilee and came to Capernaum, his own city. They brought to him a man who was paralyzed, lying on a stretcher. Seeing their active faith springing from confidence in him, Jesus said to the paralytic, Do not be afraid, son. Your sins are forgiven. The penalty is paid, the guilt removed, and you are declared to be in right standing with God. And some of the scribes said to themselves, This man blasphemes by claiming the rights and prerogatives of God. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven and the penalty paid? Or to say, Get up and walk? Both are possible for God, both are impossible for man. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority and the power on earth to forgive sins, then he said to the paralytic, Get up, pick up your stretcher, and go home. And he got up and went home, healed and forgiven. When the crowds saw this, they were awestruck and glorified God and praised him, who had given such authority and power to men. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew, Levi, sitting in the tax collector's booth, and he said to him, Follow me as my disciple, accepting me as your master and teacher and walking in the same path of life that I walk. And Matthew got up and followed him. Then as Jesus was reclining at the table in Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners, including non-observant Jews, came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your master eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when Jesus heard this, he said, Those who are healthy have no need for a physician, but only those who are sick. Go and learn what this scripture means. I desire compassion for those in distress and not animal sacrifice. For I did not come to call to repentance the self-proclaimed righteous who see no need to change, but sinners those who recognize their sin and actively seek forgiveness. Then the disciples of John the Baptist came to Jesus, asking, Why do we and the Pharisees often fast as a religious exercise, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus replied to them, Can the guest of the bridegroom mourn while the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and they will fast. But no one puts a piece of unshrunk new cloth on an old garment, for the patch pulls away from the garment, and a worse tear results. Nor is new wine put into old wineskins that have lost their elasticity. Otherwise, the wineskins burst, and the fermenting wine spills, and the wineskins are ruined. But new wine is put into fresh wineskins, so both are preserved. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for being our God and for loving us so much, Lord. We thank you for this great lesson today, Lord, and we just ask that you help us to uh, set aside our pride, Lord, and just to get real with you and open our hearts and our minds to you, Lord, and just speak into our lives. 
Lord, we ask that you be with us this Friday, Lord, that it would be an amazing day, blessing you, glorifying you, Lord, that whatever we're doing at work or school or wherever, Lord, that it would go well, that you would protect us from this weather that's coming through, uh, that it would just be a great day honoring you and glorifying you. And we ask all this in the name of Jesus. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. You guys have an amazing day.